Welcome to the Beyond Macros podcast, a show where we teach you about nutrition and the art of working in so you can get the most out of working out. This show is brought to you by us, Beyond Macros, a nutrition coaching company that helps you get leaner, stronger, and perform better with sustainable habit changes rather than restrictive dieting. If you want to learn more about macros and how to approach calculating your own, go to beyondmacros.com and join our macro counting mini course. Today's episode is one I've been looking forward to for a long time. I had the opportunity to interview Marcus Philly. Marcus is a CrossFit Games athlete who has popularized the functional bodybuilding movement since stepping away from competing with the birth of his first child. What some people might not know is that Marcus got his undergrad degree in molecular biology and started on the medical school path before entering the fitness world. This gives him an incredible perspective on how nutrition and lifestyle influence training results. Marcus is super passionate about strength and conditioning and his awakened training series, but we talked quite a bit more about nutrition and recovery and less about the nitty gritty of the functional bodybuilding philosophy. If you are interested in functional bodybuilding, you should check out Marcus's Instagram at functional.bodybuilding and his awakened training series at revival-strength.com. In the meantime, kick back and open up your brain to learn about how to recover like a CrossFit Games athlete, even if you're just a weekend warrior. First things first, Marcus and I chatted about where he sees people going wrong balancing their training and recovery. Another way to put it is you're training like a professional athlete, but you're not recovering like a professional athlete. You know, it's you want to look at like what... You know, I think this the stereotype is out there, but it's it's very based in, in truth. It's like professional, you know, uh, basketball or professional football players. Like they hang around and play a lot of video games. That that's a stereotype. They take long naps. It's like, yeah, because they need to conserve as much energy as possible and rest and recover from all of the hard events and games and training that they've done. So it's like, you know. <laughs> Most, I, I guarantee, and I don't, I don't have any, you know, experience speaking to any of these athletes, but on Monday after a hard football game on Sunday, all those football players are just sitting in bed all day. You know, they're not racing off to, to you know, to their nine to five to go, you know, earn a living. And they're not like sleeping three hours, you know, and, and eating like crap. They're like recovering like pros. And so, you know, what that looks like is in, in the gym for people that are doing really high intense, like people who are following the program of an elite CrossFit games athlete. Well, guess what? You're training like a pro, like you're doing the volume and the intensity of a pro and you still have, you know, a nine to five job or maybe even an eight to six job. You <clears throat> are missing meals. You're sleeping six hours a night. You you know, are, are, you haven't taken a rest day from training in, you know, four months because the person's program that you're following or the thing that you saw on internet was that like rest days are stupid. Like you shouldn't do them. Um, and so that's kind of like, you know, it's, it's sleep, it's food, it's, uh, you know, resting someone's mind or having like a, a chance to like quiet your mind and meditate. And it's, you know, taking proper recovery days or rest days from training where your physical body isn't being, you know, exerted. It's basically 
taking a calm day off. Um, and, and those are really, I mean, outside of that, we can get into some like little specific, you know, specific things to improve that recovery, but yeah, people just need to drink more water, get a little bit more sun and sleep better and, if, and, and eat real food. And if that happens, like they can handle a little bit more training. I bet you didn't hear the last thing Marcus just said. And I'm willing to put my money there because the basics of recovery are all too easy to ignore. I know in the past, even I used to think there was some magic bullet supplement or recovery tool I was missing that everybody else knew about. But it really is as simple as Marcus says. The man runs multiple businesses and has a family. He also trains like a professional athlete. So I suggest that if you find yourself glazing over when he says something that you already know, like taking enough rest days, reducing stress, and sleeping well, that you begin to question your own practices. I asked Marcus about his recovery practices during the 2016 game season, and it's so simple. When I was, let's say my last big push to the CrossFit Games in 2016, that summer, it was actually a kind of an interesting summer. I had recently sold, I'd sold my CrossFit gym that I was a part of um, at right before regionals. And so after regionals to the games, I really only had one you know, my one business, uh, that I was running, which was individual coaching. So I had about 50 clients that I coached around the world and I would connect with them on the internet. And aside from that, like I did a little personal training, but I was focused on training for the games. I had three months to prepare two and a half months, whatever. And it was literally like sleep in bed before nine o'clock, wake up at six thirty or seven, uh, you know, have a good meal, uh, connect with my clients over the internet, go do my morning training session, you know, eat again, relax, write a few programs, do my middle of the day training session. Uh, after that, you know, go upstairs, throw on the Mark pro, get my, my body to, you know, move some blood around, eat again, you know, write a couple programs, go to an evening training session, eat a ton of food at home, hang out with my wife, watch simple, you know, silly shows on TV, nothing too like intense and then go to bed and just like rinse and repeat every day. And, um, I did that. Yeah. Like I said, for like two months. Um, and that was some of the best recovery and training I had done throughout the year. And two of those days a week. So seven days a week, I actually did train two days were simple aerobic, long cardio sessions that were, swimming, biking, running, whatever. And that was simply to flush my body and rehab and get myself ready for the next intensity the following day. And it was just, uh, it was, you know, I had, I mean, I had the stress of being like, Oh gosh, I just sold my business and I'm not sure what I'm going to do after this. But I had built up a, a decent cushion for myself in terms of work, in terms of, uh, you know, weathering the next couple months of, of not having the same business income and so forth to be able to like focus on just that one part of my life. Um, and, and that was, you know, that's, that's elite level training recovery and focus on a, on a specific goal, which was the CrossFit games 2016. Even now, with multiple businesses and a 10-month-old baby, Marcus still trains hard three hours per day, five days per week, and a few things have changed in his approach to recovery. What's different now is that the mental energy that I expend every day is a lot higher. 
I got to be on point for, you know, when my baby gets up in the morning and I got to be there for her and I got to watch her like a hawk because she's crawling around and getting into everything and, you know, turn your back for a second and, you know, something's going to happen. And, uh, you know, when I'm at in between training sessions, it's, uh, answering a lot more emails than before, writing a lot more programs, you know, connecting with a lot more people. I'm much more active on social media, uh, supporting, you know, my coaches in, you know, meetings and whatever questions that they have. Um, and, you know, with those things, with just those two things, you know, the time, you know, to sort of be relaxed and kind of have downtime to myself, it's just about evaporated. You know, there's really no, there's no alone time anymore, certainly with the baby. Um, so, you know, my ability to kind of recover from high intensity work is diminished a bit. And so my training is less intensive, you know, and that's really where the, the rise of functional bodybuilding came from is throughout my, through my own training, I had to find a balance. How could I maintain these, you know, this, uh, feeling of, uh, fitness, you know, through movement, through training, um, without, you know, taxing my brain and making me like have to basically lay on the floor for 90 minutes after a training session just to recover, um, which I don't have the opportunity to. So like, you know, if I really have a, a tough training session and I'm kind of a little out of it at the end of it, well, guess what? You got to go and pick up the baby at daycare and it's like, you got to be on. So, um, I've just learned how to sort of dial back a little bit, um, so that I still have all my wits about me to, to be engaged in the things that matter a lot to me, um, outside of training. I also asked Marcus how his approach to recovery can be applied to the general population of CrossFitters. And his answer is pure gold in its simplicity. I mean, I think controlling all the things that they have control over, right? They're not going to be able to find an hour suddenly in the day to go and get like a massage and, or, you know, Mark Pro and just listen to Headspace and, or whatever, right? If, if that's not available to them, then, okay, control what you can, right? So everybody eats food and you can control what you put into your body. And that's something that, it has a direct impact on how you're going to recover and heal from traumatic training events, which is what people are doing in the gym. You know, I mean, they're, they're literally fighting a lion, you know, on a daily basis when they do some of this training, that would be number one, you know, hydration is that everyone's got access to that. And people fuck that up all the time. It's crazy to me that, how easy it is to do that. And I'm, I'm guilty of it sometimes too. It's like, holy smokes. Like I didn't drink any water. What in the, what am I doing? And Marcus was walking the walk on this one, the whole interview. Every time I asked a question, he was sipping on water. The other advice I love pertains to how to improve your sleep, which as we learned in episode 10 with doc Parsley is the key to recovery. How you choose to spend, you know, your time at night, right? Like, yeah, people got jobs and yeah, people have kids and, you know, yeah, they, they got to be on in the evening, but at some point it's time to put yourself to bed. And some people are reaching for, you know, devices to look at. They're watching TV until late at night. And it's like, what is your, you know, what do you truly want and what do you truly prioritize? What's, what's of value to you? If this training thing and being better as an athlete or, improving your physical body is in a priority to you, then t- 
take us, take a serious look in the mirror. Like why, like, do you need to watch that 45 minutes of shows at night and get yourself riled up before bed? Or can you just turn that off? And you know, like there is a direct correlation between how well you're going to recover and how much quality sleep you're getting. And when you remove, you know, an hour of that potential time by watching TV late at night and then watching a show that actually like ramps up your nervous system, you know, you're just, you're, you're, you know, you're shooting yourself in the foot, so to speak. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really just controlling what you can. And I see those as areas that we all have opportunities to control. And I not, that's not to say it's easy. And it's not always easy to make lifestyle changes. These pieces of advice are all probably things you've heard before, but failed to implement. Your habits and routines have loads of inertia, which makes them difficult to change. That's why you should just pick one thing to laser focus on until it feels effortless. Trying to make a wholesale change is just unrealistic. Marcus describes how these little short-term changes with a long-term focus have added up to the results he's achieved in his life up to this point. Uh, Aside from maybe a short period of time in my early 20s, um, where I got a little bit derailed through a couple life events from like consistent training, you know, it's been some pretty consistent training the whole time, always active and always hit in the gym and, and doing something. And I'm 33 now. So it was 20 years later, I'm, I'm doing this interview and I'm realizing, okay, I used to be, I used to admire all of these people and they were who I looked up to and wanted to emulate and become. And they drove my short term goals through training and aesthetics and, performance. And here I am at 33 and I'm like, God, you know, if I look, if I was 13 and I saw my 33 year old self, dude, I'd be super inspired by that guy. Like I would want to be that, you know, and that's what I would have looked up to, you know? And, um, and it just was like, look, uh, the long game, you know, 20 years later, um, through the course of many hundreds of small short term goals, you know, from day to day, uh, commitment to myself to getting in the gym and literally just being like, how am I going to approach today's training and do it the best that I can with what I'm bringing to the table? Um, that long-term commitment through, uh, small little, you know, goals is what has allowed me to be, um, who I am today. And somebody that I, when I was 13, without a doubt would have been like, man, that guy's, I want to do, I want that what that guy's got. And I would have asked that guy, like, Hey, how did you get there? And it's like, well, I would have just, you got it. Like you're, you're on the path kid. Like it's every day. And it's like, you just got to stay the course and just know that if you stick to it, when you're 33, man, you're going to really be proud of everything you've done. And, and the same goes for when I'm 53, you know, like, and I got, a, I got more work to do. Yeah. For sure. The power of compounding is at play when you are consistently setting and achieving short-term goals. Getting paralyzed and deciding which goal is the best to pursue now is not helpful either if it leads you to inaction. Even Marcus talks about some of the mistakes in goal setting and actions he's made, but the long-term focus is what has consistently put him back on the path to being one of the fittest humans on earth. If I look back at my 20 years training, it's not every short term goal was the best, you know, or the the smartest. Um, and I made plenty of mistakes and I did a lot of things to my body along the way that were not ideal. 
diets that were super restrictive and food plans that were very out of balance and didn't provide me with like a, a you know, a good nutrient uh, profile training programs that were, I, I shouldn't have been doing the mistake for me would have been not learning from all of those things that either set me back or set me down, like, you know, veered me off course a little bit. And that was something I was always really trying to pay attention to was not just like, oh, this worked or it didn't work, but like, why is this working and why is this not working? I, I don't know. Maybe that's the answer to the question is, you know, people in the short, the, the short goal, the short term goal, um, you know, it, in order for it to play towards your longer term goals of yourself, you just have to be prepared to learn from those experiences, whether they're good or bad. And, um, and then take that knowledge and information and, and help you set yourself up for the next, the next round that's going to be better. Um, so you don't just keep repeating the same mistakes over and over and over again, because then the long, the long-term goal doesn't really arrive ever. And that's the important thing to consider. As long as you learn from the experience of pursuing a short-term goal, you are moving in the direction of your long-term goal. A great book on this subject is Mindset by Carol Dweck, which I highly recommend everyone reads. As I mentioned, Marcus is also a wealth of knowledge when it comes to nutrition. Where he and I differ slightly is that he is a quality first guy, where obviously I am a quantity first guy at the helm of a quantity first company with a name like Beyond Macros. However, when it comes to creating long-term changes, the importance of quality can't be ignored. I loved hearing Marcus's story of going from fit to fat to fit, which highlights exactly why quality can be such a powerful tool. Certainly for me in college, there was a moment where I went from kind of like, I was, you know, I, I moved into the dorms, started eating the, the, the dorm food, which was, you know, just uh, a buffet of all kinds of manner of terribleness, right? And, uh, and it was endless and I could eat as much as I wanted to. And I was part of, you know, as a soccer player, I was playing on the team, training a lot. So just like a bottomless pit, you know, it was like three bowls of cereal and, you know, eggs and a waffle and this and that every morning for breakfast. And, and then I move into my own apartment in second year and, you know, okay, now I got to get my own food and I'm going <clears> to <throat> eat out most meals of the week. But then the stuff I buy for my house is like, you know, all kinds of processed stuff from Costco, the easy stuff, the stuff I liked when I was a kid that my mom would never give me. And I was like, now I can buy it myself. This is great. And I was like, I think sophomore year, like right around Christmas time, um, like right around this time, sophomore year, like our last practice of the, of, of the fall season, I had my shirt off and like one of the, cause I was kind of one of the more fit guys on the team, but like one of my teammates was like, Oh, Philly, you know, you're getting a little, he, he said, you're getting a little abdominous. And I was like, he like pinched my belly fat and I about lost it. I was like, I was like, what? Like what's going on? You know? And I, I had like a moment where I was like, holy shit, you know, holy shit. Like I have totally lost sight of like this connection between what's going in my body. And like, I was like, I, something's up. Like I'm not the fit person. I, I think I am, you know, or like something's, something's off. So I dedicated to really learning a bit more about nutrition and cleaning up my, you know, cleaning up my diet really for the first time then. And, and, and the process for me to do that was, man, I had a cousin that knew some things about nutrition. He wrote me a nutrition plan and guess what? Everything on that I had to make myself. 
and I didn't really have a good cooking base at the time. So, I mean, I was, I, but I just dove in. I was like, I'm making everything myself. And you know, that spring break. So it's like Christmas to spring break. So it's only a few months. Right. I remember we went to Mexico, like spring break in Mexico college. And, uh, I had like ripped abs by then. And I was like, it was the most dramatic transformation of my life. Um, I, I mean, truly one of the most dramatic transformations of my life up at, up to that point. And, uh, you know, I was like, looking back, I'm like, I didn't do like the things I was making weren't like, you know, it wasn't genius stuff. It was just like, I started actually cooking my own food from eating processed garbage for so long. And, um, man, it was profound. Based on the lessons he learned, he has some really simple recommendations that he gives his clients for nutrition that I can stand behind 100%. Here are Marcus's thoughts on food quality. I think for most people, it starts with just like buying your own ingredients and cooking your own food. Uh, number one, I think that there's just not enough value placed on, you know, when you actually take part in it, the, the preparation process yourself. And I'm talking like you could get the meal delivery service to, to bring you like five ounces of ribeye and, you know, a hundred grams of sweet potatoes and two cups of broccoli prepared, or you could make that yourself. And in my opinion, the making it yourself is of higher quality. I don't, I don't care where the ingredients came from. You connecting with your food is so important. And, uh, so I think for most people, it starts there. It starts with just like learning the, the, this is the basic tools of how to feed yourself. The second is really now about the actual ingredients that you purchase. Um, you know, where, <clears throat> where are you getting that food from? So if you're, you know, you're shopping, you know, not all broccoli is created equal, not all, um, you know, not all meat is created equal, not all, you know, starches are created equal. Uh, so kind of where are you? Um, yeah. What, what are you purchasing, uh, to bring into the kitchen to then, um, uh, make, uh, make your, make your meals with, I really don't think it needs to go much further than that. I think if, if you were like, Hey, I want to improve my food. Okay. Cook 100% of all your food. You're not allowed to eat anything that anybody else has made. I, that right there alone will change people's body composition, um, and their relationship to food. I stand behind this idea of quality because I've discovered that quality is such an individual thing when you get to the granular level of food choices. I personally have stable blood sugar after high starchy carb meals, including foods like rice, where I have clients whose blood sugar spikes for hours after a meal that just includes a little bit of fruit. I've run literally hundreds of food sensitivity tests and seen at least one person who is sensitive to each of the 150 foods it tests for. I personally have an inflammatory reaction to ginger, lettuce, and lemon, which are all supposed to be high-quality anti-inflammatory foods whereas beans and grains have almost no inflammatory reaction in my body. It's crazy to think that we can say one set of rules is quality for everybody. However, to say that preparing your own food, each meal is a path to quality and improved quantity has no dogma attached to it, and it's applicable to anyone. So thank you, Marcus, for that simple tip on quality. That's it for this week's episode. Your action step this week is to pick one of the suggestions Marcus mentioned to improve your recovery and commit to a behavior 
with laser focus. If you're interested in checking out Marcus's training programs and functional bodybuilding, you can get a little preview on his Instagram accounts at Marcus Philly, that's M-A-R-C-U-S-F-I-L-L-Y, and at functional.bodybuilding. Registration for his Awakened Training series has closed until April, but you can still get a sample of the program in the meantime or take his Functional Bodybuilding 101 course at any time at revival-strength.com. If you've been listening and loving this show, please share it with a friend and leave a review on iTunes. It will really help us continue to improve the quality of the show and attract top-notch guests like Marcus. Next week, we are back with Tom Reaney of Black Flag Athletics. Tom's gym has such a strong culture that its coaches and members have amplified his message so loud that I heard it across the world and knew I needed to interview him. He's also got some great perspectives on integrating muscle gain and competitive programs into your CrossFit class routine. Make sure you are subscribed to the show so you don't miss next week's episode. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to seeing you next week.